Hello, and thank you for listening to the SDA Inclusion Podcast. I am Laura Wingler. And I am Kirby Morgan. And we are back with another episode. And Um, today, I guess we're going to talk about 10 years down the road, is it any easier? I remember when my daughter was in daycare age, remember she was like one, and I was like, oh, when she goes to kindergarten, this is going to be so much cheaper and our lives are going to be better. (laughs) I'm on mute, but I'm laughing at you. (laughs) Not because I didn't think that too, just because I know that's not how it turned out. No, no, I mean, cheaper, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Different costs, I guess. Oh, it's just funny because I guess the shock of when you have a baby and then you're like, daycare. And you think that's going to be the most expensive part of your life. Yeah. I honestly can't believe that Jaden is 12. Like, almost 13. I... It's like a conflicting feeling because some areas are a little bit easier, but other areas, it feels like nothing's changed. We are going on, this is, I guess, seven years because she turns 10 this year. So it's seven years since she got diagnosed. It's crazy, though. It seems like a long time ago. It does. But it also seems like yesterday. Yeah. I feel like I missed all this time, though. I'm looking back. And I feel like I missed a lot of time. Like, time I should have spent bonding with my kid and doing memorable things with her were spent seeing doctors and going to therapy. And I definitely look back on that. And I'm kind of annoyed with myself that that's how we spent her childhood years. Because I'm looking forward going, oh, my God, she's 10. Like, we have, like eight years left and she's an adult it's like going by so quickly like like the majority of her childhood is over and when i'm looking forward i'm getting kind of upset and saying why did i spend all this time focusing on these things which i saw i saw a thing the, this morning about you know not holding it against yourself because you're more informed now than you were before i'm trying not to me too. I, I can totally relate with that because we spent so much time in therapy. I'm talking about 40 hours of therapy a week, five days a week when Jaden was three years old. Yep. It was like OT, speech, ABA, all of it. Everything. I mean, uh, again, like you, I'm trying to be, give myself grace in the areas where I didn't know what I didn't know. And I just think back and I remember Jackson's childhood, not childhood, like his first and second year were in a car seat, in therapy waiting rooms, in a car, going from one place to another. And 
because I really truly believed I was going to fix this and we were going to do all the therapies and everything was going to be okay. And by the time he was X, Y, Z years old, because of this little window, they make you think you're stuck under this, like you're under this time crunch because everything I read 12 years ago talked about everything before age six. You know, Rob and I were talking recently about both the kids because they have very similar issues. Allie is showing more and more like she is her brother. Like some of the things that she says and the things she thinks are funny, like she's a little version of him. And we were kind of comparing with him. He didn't really get any kind of diagnosis till he was like seven. We didn't do any early intervention type stuff. We didn't, he didn't really spend a whole lot of time in therapy. And, um, and we're kind of looking at like, it's actually funny because not funny, but I feel, you ever feel like when you get that, those judgments where everyone's like judging, like your parenting and their upbringing and, and like our kids have had two very different upbringings because Robbie has a mom and you know, his parents are divorced and he spent a lot of time living with her and she bounced around from different apartments, different neighborhoods, some were definitely better than others some were definitely places i would not live um if i had a choice and we look at that and we're like how much does that stuff really affect you because it seems to not have affected him at all like it definitely i feel like made him he's definitely a very empathetic kid and it's funny and where we live if i walk into the high school i get like nothing but like people absolutely love him he teachers know him that i he's never even had and it's like really cool definitely different from like the vibe that my daughter brings in a building and it's just so interesting to see like we spent all these years in therapy with her and it's like not helping but he didn't do a whole lot of therapy and he's like this different person who's just like a superstar yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, it makes Jackson me think. Has not. He just actually started seeing like a psychologist, and he's like, he wants to uh, quit already. He's like, I'm good. I don't need it. He's so I told him today to talk to the therapist and tell her why you don't think you need therapy. Like, if she says you don't need it, then we can talk. But he has a lot you know he needs it for coping learning some coping strategies because he can't just act out wherever he is and uh but with Jaden I was like therapy everything but with Jackson because now I just know more and have walked this path a little bit I made different decisions for Jackson and I feel like as Jaden got older, the decisions I made for him evolved. I used to say yes to every therapy opportunity, every new thing that was coming out, where now it's not even on my radar. No. Because, you know, honestly, some of the therapies I, and like, not like because I blame myself. I just wonder, like, what 
what did that do for us? Except take away a lot of our time and cost me a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know we recently paid off her ABA bill from God. She hasn't had ABA since she's like six or seven. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about, that's kind of like my reflection. I'm like, wow, I feel like it's funny. I feel like I have all this experience from him, especially when it comes to school. And if people try to talk you into certain things, like, nope, but down that road. Nope. I already, I know better. But then it's like things like, it's like we did it backwards and it was like, she got all the therapy and he didn't. Is that good or bad? But then I noticed like he never got OT, which I, I kind of feel bad about because he like has a hard time opening like a soda bottle. I know it seems stupid. Like he'll like have a really hard time like having to twist open a bottle of soda or like a bag of chips. Half the time he's using his mouth. I'm like, what are you doing? Like just the pulling apart a bag of chips. It's just like dumb stuff. And I, I kind of say to Rob, I'm like, God, he never got OT. Like he's 18 now. Like obviously. That would be ridiculous. So I try to like show him different things to try and do. But it's just interesting looking back. Because yeah, I'm always looking back on the last. Because I've known him now for 15 years of his life. Which is insane. Like how fast that went. And I just kind of look at. I also have this like trajectory of like where he was. A three. Where he is 18. Where people thought he would be. And things people said about him that turned out to be completely inaccurate. And it just gives you such a perspective. It really does. Like, I was told Jaden would never speak. Uh, they couldn't tell me about his life. But more than likely, he would need to be institutionalized before he, he was my size. And that doctor is retired. But I can guarantee you... He was on the spectrum and he was being very like, not, it wasn't like he was being mean. It was like, he was just telling me straight up, like, this is the deal. Like, this is it. He's got it. FYI. So I like, but I wish I could see him today and Jaden can say, give him like knuckles and say like, hi, how are you? Or, you know? Yeah. I really wish that, but you know, it is what it is. I can't. We, we had a I remember we toured this one school for Robbie when he was little I didn't I don't think I actually went on the tour I think my husband did because I remember he was so upset and they had told us that he was going to they would prepare him to work at McDonald's basically you know their their life skills program and Robbie was a kid that was using huge words at three he was like very smart very um he's just always been like a really funny kid one acting teacher that he had was like he could really do this if he could control himself like because he was very funny and would just get take things too far but they're like oh my god if he could like gain some control of himself he could really be an actor and um we were talking about that the other day we're like can you imagine like if we sent him to that school and they like he never got the chance to actually try to go to college because he's i shared on facebook he's gotten into like every college he's applied to and they've all given him substantial merit scholarships so it's it's just amazing looking back over 10 years and 15 years and all these, all this time, just looking at like people really set the bar low for our kids. And I think it's at a convenience to themselves. And 
I don't know. I guess I'm the unpopular person who who now like looks for that in a conversation. If I notice some like if somebody were to say that to me about Allie, after having someone had said that about Robbie and seeing the opposite happen, I'd probably bite their head off. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to say, uh, we are going this weekend, wish me luck to Great Wolf Lodge. And I feel like people are just, I, I don't think they're malicious in their intentions, but I just expected after so many years for some sort of change, like for some sort of, a like, at least helpfulness from people, especially those in like hospitality or customer service positions, where I was very disappointed to call them because we're staying there this weekend. Jackson has a soccer tournament. It's like a two hour drive from our house. He has several games and the traffic in California is just terrible. So two hours could be five hours. So we decided to either get an Airbnb or stay at Great Wolf Lodge. Well, not we. Like, my husband ultimately decided, but I agreed. But he decided and he booked a room. Well, I called this morning to ask, or no, yesterday morning, to ask for our room to have, like, a handicap-accessible bathroom. And they said to me that if I wanted to be upgraded to the rooms that are accessible it would be like six hundred dollar difference in price and we're saying six hundred sixty six dollars six hundred sixty six dollars and let me remind you i'm staying for three days like it that that is ridiculous so it's just like i feel like we we're, it's like a battle we keep fighting and i can't wait to have the autism mom coach come on and give us some advice because i feel like i need to hear some positivity because I don't know how much more I can just sit and take because like I, I kept saying to the person so I was like so you're saying that because I only bought because I didn't buy like a themed room I didn't buy a themed room because Laura the last time I had a themed room oh uh, it was like spiky uh, metal pine tree looking things and all I saw was this kid's head in that sharp pine top tree top and blood. Like, I just saw accident after accident. Like, I had to have them remove that photo. And I would love to get, like, one of those cute rooms with the kids sleep in bunk beds. But that's not my reality. That's not my reality. I need a room where he can go and decompress from the outside of the great you know all the great wolf stuff and i was calling nothing more than to ask for an accessible bathroom for a 12 year old boy that uses a wheelchair while he's recovering for his from his medication that he takes every single day i just so. don't understand the part where the accessible bathroom like the handicap bathroom is an upgrade it's oh, always an upgrade. The, that should be the like level, the lower level rooms didn't have accessibility options. Like, how, I was like, so you're telling me 
that you only accommodate handicapped people if they're rich. So, like, the people that can't afford those rooms, they are unable to get a, a bathroom that they can use their wheelchair in. So, they're supposed to do what? So, the only number I could call was HR, which is wonderful. I talked to the HR director, Monica. She was very, very nice. She was super helpful. Next thing I knew, I got a phone call from Vicky, the manager, and all is well, and they have a room. Like, magically, a room appeared, Laura. Wow. Because I just didn't say, oh, okay, here, bill my credit card. That's so weird. I'm telling you. So, I mean, I feel like 10 years in, I've seen a lot of positivity, but I still think we have a lot of work to do. We do. I just don't want to be the one doing it all the time. It's like really it's exhausting. exhausting. It is. And that, <laughs> I guess something came up recently about confrontation. And somebody said something to me like that I'm confrontational. And I'm like, it wasn't always. I, same. I was a people-pleasing, go-with-the-flow, wanted everyone to like me, everyone be my best friend. I wanted to everyone to be happy. Well, guess what? I, I had a little boy. His name is Jaden, and he changed everything about the way I saw this world. Mm-hmm. And I just can't sit and be quiet. I feel like... Maybe doing him a disservice and every other kid that deserves better. That's funny. It's, I recently went, started going to therapy for like my own anxiety and my own stress because I feel like I just have all this stress from just raising my kid. And then just, I don't know, I feel like it all just like, it just bottles up in me. And they said something to me about, why do you deal with everything? Why can't your husband pick up some of the I got the they got the why can't you know you don't always have to take a phone call you don't always have to go to a meeting your husband can why can't he t pick up some of that for you so that it's not all on your shoulders and I was like he doesn't read the books he doesn't know the laws he doesn't know the the verbiage to throw out there he hasn't memorized all her plans and documents and things. So what I'm like, he's just, I was like, I'm always ready for that conversation. I shouldn't have to live my life always ready. I was, he's like, but you're always ready for a fight with someone. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is like being a parent to a kid like this, because I, for whatever reason, just everywhere you go, whether it's on vacation whether it's school, just, it just, everyone looks to do what is easy for them, not what's right. And I don't know where this came from. I don't know. I don't know where this whole mentality came from or it's just not okay. And I just, I don't, I, I don't accept that. I think, I think that like, I always say it like this. I'm like, our kids have such a harder life. They miss out on all those typical things that people take for granted. And I just, I will, I will pick my battles. I will not fight for everything because it's just, I can't emotionally spend my life doing that, but I will pick things because they deserve them because it, it's, they give up so much. Yep. 
They really do. And I feel like for as hard as my son works every day, the least I can do is speak up for him and speak for what's right and not sit there and just accept it. And to be quite honest, like my husband's real laid back. He's like, fine, okay, I'll I'll carry him. I'll just do it myself. He's like, why are you mad? I got him. I'm carrying the 90 pounds. Don't worry. I Like that I talked about in our last episode. Don't worry. I'm the one holding him. Everything's fine. Like, no, Jeremy, everything's not fine. If there was a fire right now, it would not be fine. Like, there would be so much commotion. He wouldn't be able to run, walk. If there was a shooter, like, it's not fine. Yeah. But... Yeah, no, Rob- Rob definitely gets like that too, because he'll be like, okay, so she can't do this thing anymore because she didn't listen. She'll learn. And I'm like, I don't think you're understanding like what lesson is there to learn. Yeah. And they're and they don't always need to learn a lesson. Other kids get to do so many things or get, you know, and they have such freedom in their day-to-day life. Where our kids have therapy and or like programs and schedules and all these things that have to be set into place in order for them to succeed where other kids don't have to put in that amount of effort to get through a day. So I, I it's just like I see each and every day how hard our kids work. Yeah, and I think over the last three months, I've gotten a really good picture for my one kid about how much of the difficultness within her behavior and her life is chemical within her brain. Because having switched through all these medications and seeing how one exacerbates this thing, one, you know, makes this 10 times worse. Like, I'm just seeing the differences in all these medications. I'm kind of really looking at like, wow, like, this is really like, I didn't get her any kind of magical therapy over the break. I changed her meds and that's what's contributing to improvement. Cause I know there's always this like onus to make her responsible for it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're not responsible for your brain chemistry. Like you can't, con- you're, you're not driving the bus there. Like, unfortunately that's something that you have to always manage. And I think I'm in this place where I'm just kind of like, yeah, at some point, as we keep going, she's going through puberty. You know what I mean? Like, we're starting those years. There's going to be a lot of brain development and change, which means there's going to be a lot of medication adjustments and change, which is going to happen after we see increases in behavior, unfortunately. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff is, it is brain chemistry and it is neurological and it's just things that you can't control the way that, you know, I'm sorry, but like a sticker or a prize isn't going to control your brain chemistry. I agree. I agree. I think that a lot of the times therapy is trying to teach or frame or change behaviors or modify things. And the reason you don't see a lot of success is because you can't modify somebody's brain chemistry. And I feel like some kids, they go to ABA, they explode, 
things go wonderful. However, even if they graduate, I know a lot of kids, and Jaden, I can use this as an example, he struggles. He struggles no matter how much therapy, you know, because it is his brain. His brain is not wired like mine. His brain does not have the same chemistry, and his brain needs medication to stabilize it from seizures, from all different kinds of things. So it took me a long time, but 10 years in, I feel like society is moving in the right direction, but there is still so much education that could serve so many places, schools, camps, cruise ships, child development centers, um, libraries, anywhere a child would go, just a little bit of education could go so far. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully we'll be checking in like 15 years. Like we'll give our 15 year old take. Yeah, that one will be interesting, I guess. I'm scared for that one because that's like puberty after puberty. I am not ready for Jackson's puberty. But, well, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I don't think you're ever ready for that. Like, um, I don't know. My daughter's starting the thing with boys. Like, oh, I like this boy. And I'm just like, in fourth grade, you'll need to like a boy. Jackson puts on his dad's cologne every day before school. Oh, my God. That is so cute. Robbie always did that. I actually had to. I had to like ban cologne because I was getting asthma attacks because he was wearing and so much like during the pandemic, crazy. during the pandemic specifically, which thank God for his teacher's sake that they had masks on. He was like, Oh, these girls love my cologne. And I'm like, you're all wearing masks. Why are they able to smell your cologne? And I'm like, Oh, because you <laughs> bathed in it like an animal. Like he was spraying like half a bottle of Axe before going to school and then I was like I don't know what I remember in my room I was like I couldn't I was like getting um actual asthma attacks during I'm like what is happening and it was his cologne because he was spraying the whole bottle and I just felt bad I'm like I can't believe you're going to school like this but luckily it was I cannot believe this is happening (laughs) yeah because I know like in middle school everyone always says all the kids with the axe body spray and the bo is disgusting but oh my god Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. He, I have a nine-year-old already stealing his dad. Like, and Jeremy doesn't have cheap cologne. He like takes the good stuff. And like, he asked me on his first day back on Monday, he's like, "Does this smell a little strong?" And I didn't want to be like, "Heck yeah," but like, all I, I was like, "Yes, yes, it does. Yes, 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 it does." Like, yeah. don't use ever that much again. <laughs> See, luckily, Ali's not into that stuff yet. I have to like really push for the deodorant. I'm like, you gotta wear it. Well, I'm hopeful we survive the next five years because it's gonna be bumpy. But I think I'm trying to survive as long as I can survive without giving my kid a cell phone. That's been like the latest argument. Oh, good luck. Yeah. All I right. can't. Well- <clears throat> We'll be back. We'll be having some guests upcoming soon. I'm super excited about. 
I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in and supporting us at the Yesterday Inclusion Podcast.